Sanctuary. It's just a wish away at the Lincoln Wish Event. Right now at Jim K. Lincoln, receive a $2,000 winter bonus on the 2022 Lincoln Corsair or 2022 Lincoln Nautilus. Or add Sanctuary to your list by ordering a 2023 Lincoln model. Contact Jim K. Lincoln before it's too late and make that wish of yours a reality. For more details, visit Jim K. Lincoln in Orleans or jimklincoln.com. The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. Right, and off we go. Hey, 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 welcome. Welcome to the SWP. We are here with your weekly tales of only the juiciest tales of sports and whatever. Tom Brady retires with a quick 52-second statement on social media. Sean Payton, friend of the show, hired his Broncos coach and the passing of Bobby Hull and much, much more here on the SWP. It's Steve Warren here in the nation's capital. Jim Jerome out in Edmonton, Alberta. Where to start? Where to start? start? It's been a week. Yeah, uh, lots going on. Bobby Hull, I guess. Yeah, I'm of two minds on it. It's, uh, of course, Bobby Hull, longtime Chicago Blackhawk and NHL legend hockey hall of famer first guy I believe in nhl history to score more than 50 goals and uh, did it a bunch of times and he was the first millionaire by the way so a lot of the guys who are making crazy money right now uh and certainly the guys that immediately followed him owe him a debt of gratitude from a financial standpoint because he changed the game getting a million dollar contract from the wha and stan makita his teammate at the time in chicago basically got down on his knees and thanked him because according to Bobby Hull, um, he doubled the salary overnight in Chicago because they didn't want any more defections to the WHA. So from a hockey perspective, yeah, you can, you can talk quite glowingly about the player, but off the ice. um, Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't, I don't feel like I should ignore all of the bad things that he did and said. Uh, but at the same time, it is the day of his passing, and it didn't, you've had 30 years to pile on this guy. I would have thought maybe with his family and mourning and grieving that you leave him alone for a day. You, you bring up a good point, Steve. Uh, and I, I mean, I put some, these are always tough conversations to have, right, in a public forum. Uh, well, yeah, because people think you're exonerating the behavior, and you're not. Yeah, he, he here's the deal. Uh, I, I think you give him a, you know, a, do you do it the day a guy died? Do you, you know, or it was, and if not, do you do it after he died? Do you do it a week after two, three weeks, a month? I don't know. What bothers me about it, Steve, is I, I am not, I'm not for one second dismissing what Bobby Hall was like off the ice. Uh, he, you know, his, his wives made some interviews or did some interviews about it. The one uh, ex-wife of his I, was, was very vocal about him hitting her with her own shoe and, and some others. It was just gross stuff, you know. Well, I guess what bothers me, Steve, is where, where were you guys? This, this, this happened a long time ago, okay? Bobby Hall's first marriage, I think, was in the late 50s. And all of a sudden, these two, there were a couple of writers who were, uh, took him down, like took him down. One of the guys said, there's going to be some people who are uh, happy to see him go like like he got fired from a team you know mm-hmm. and so i was like holy god you know um but but where were they steve you you'd mentioned it quickly where were they 30 years ago where were they bobby hall's been an ambassador to the blackhawks i think till a f- couple years ago they let him go the blackhawks made a, some sort of statement about it 
that are ambassadorships that we we love to do and look after our players. But but here's the here's the qualifications for it, you know. Um, so th- that's what really bugs me. That's what really bugs me that the there was a couple of journalists and probably more and more since then who came out hours after they announced his death saying, you need to know that Bobby Hall was a bad guy. You know? it's, it's a tough one because how bad a person do you have to be where you say, doesn't matter that he passed away today and his family's grieving. You still have to talk about all the bad things he did. So that's the, that's the gray area, you know, like the hockey code. I don't understand half of the hockey code. And sometimes I don't understand what the etiquette is in a situation like this. It's like the guy dies. It's like, okay, people people jump on. Say, you need to know this about Bobby Hull. You know? You need to know this today about Bobby Hull, the day he died. You know? I, and, and so these two writers are trying to... I, I, I mentioned the, the two... I forget their names, but there were two articles that I wrote right over. Oh, there's a lot more than two out there. A lot more than two. Yeah, and, and it just... Um, it, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not... Maybe down the road somewhere, but but it's a you know the the, the guy's dead. Okay, the guy is dead, and now you're gonna you know, the, ten minutes later, come on, go. The guy was a terrible guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, to to sell a headline, Steve, to make a comment about it. You know, I've seen other people, Steve. I've seen other people who had their issues, and. You know, this guy had a celebrated life. You know, as as many good comments or bad comments, there's there's a litany of stories that people are coming out talking about. And it did make him rare about how personal he was when kids wanted autographs and and people wanted pictures, you know, long before social media. Uh, You know, I read story after story where he stopped and, and, you know, didn't just give him a handshake and and see you later, you know, that he spent time and he he you know, made many people's lives happy, you know, uh, even, even people who have the memory from when they were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, uh, it just sat really bad with me, you know, it sat really bad with me, but a lot of those things, Steve, where I was saying people have issues, they'll say that Steve, he had his issues of serious level, uh, you know, and, and not everyone's going to like what it was for sure. No one should like what had happened, but, but do you, do you have to do it uh, the way they did, you know, when, when they didn't give a shit about Bobby Hall for the last 25 years. Let's leave the final word to his grandson. Right. Jude Hull put this out on Twitter yesterday. You're allowed to have whatever opinion you want of my grandfather and his past, but to air it all out, not 12 hours after he passed away makes me want to puke. I hope those tweets help you sleep better at night. And then he talks about Bobby Hull, the million-dollar man. You were larger than life to me and so many others. You were a pioneer to the sport I love, and I'll miss you dearly. I'll be enjoying a few glasses of red this week for you, Grandpa. And we did have fun together. And there's a picture of this little kid, Jude Hull, playing bubble hockey with Bobby Hull. And that's the other angle on it. Nobody in their right mind, would defend anything Bobby Hull did. We've heard the story a million times. Um, but on the day of his passing, with his loved ones in tears, uh, maybe not the place to rehash everything and retry everything. Um, I hated what he did. I, I hated what he said. I don't want anybody th- coming away from our conversation here feeling like 
I can't believe Jimmy and Steve are doing. No, we're talking about specifically uh, the absolute pile on on the day of his passing. Right. Uh, moving on. Tom Brady announcing mm-hmm. today he's retired. Uh, it's one of my favorite what? annual traditions. My favorite annual traditions, Tom Brady retiring. Uh, here's what he had to say. Because, of course, he retired exactly this time last year. I think it's actually the anniversary of his retirement last year. But he stepped up in, uh, I guess, uh, it's about a 56-second social media post and had this to say. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So... I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. My family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change thing love you all there's an emotional tom brady calling it a career on social media and twitter immediately gets going with the i'll see you in training camp tom that kind of thing because <laughs> you faked retirement last year he didn't fake it he just decided to change his mind in the middle of the off season but having seen that i don't think that the audio exclusively does it justice i see the look in his eye hear the emotion i think this one's going to stick and keep in mind this is not a you know, a 36 year old like making a decision. This is a guy who's going to be 46 come opening day in September in the NFL. So I feel like that's it, despite what everybody's saying, making their jokes. I feel like Tom Brady is indeed retired for good this time. What about you? Yeah, I'd like, we talk about it a lot, right? Um, I, I never understood why he kept playing, but then he won that freaking Super Bowl, right? So yeah. Like, yeah, that would have been the perfect time to retire when you think about it. It would have just the most storied, decorated career of all time ending with a Super Bowl ring. That would have been phenomenal, but he still, you know, he took the Bucks to the playoffs, even though they had a losing record. Um, but uh, it wasn't exactly a year where, you know, they went out and put up a 3-15 and 15 record or something. I, I mean, we, we, we talked to Russ a lot about it, right? About the whole... You know, Russ always said, I never retired. I got retired, right? That ended up. That's the case with a lot of athletes. But but Tom Brady can write his own ticket. Yes. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. If, if he looked at it and said, well, that was good. You know, maybe I'll go to another team. You know, and and any team would take that guy, Steve, because of what the, the marketing punch this guy holds, you know, like sure. to, to sell tickets and stuff. So, um, you know, he, sh- he should retire, I think. <laughs> But that being said, Steve, it's it's not because he's a shitty quarterback, you know. It's not it's not because he doesn't, you know, maybe he doesn't have the game he used to have. But uh, you know, I watched him play this year, right? He, he not, you know, he had some good games, some bad games. But was he brutal? No, no, you no. I, I'd still say he's probably in your top twelve quarterbacks in the game. I mean, he had a terrible playoff game against Dallas, no question. But um, who'd be surprised if he showed up somewhere? San Francisco, for example, with Brock Purdy going down, um, maybe shows up in San Fran, and uh, that's a hell of a ball club with a hell of a defense. And uh, like like Peyton Manning did in his year in Denver, there wasn't much left of Peyton Manning when he won a Super Bowl in Denver, but he had the defense to go with and uh, won his last ring. So 
I could have seen that happening in San Fran. It's interesting because now, now we focus our attention on what next. And the broadcast booth would almost certainly beckon for this guy if he wants it. And I'm sure he'd blow away what everybody else is making. Tony Romo, I think, making about $20 million or something like that. Right, right. Isn't it interesting to hear sort of the roses off of Tony Romo's bloom a little? I mean, seeing I lots, of, lots of people bitching about Tony Romo as in, will you just shut up for two seconds? Oh, oh, okay. That kind of thing. Yeah. A little too lippy. Yeah, and they kind of clamped down on him about being Nostradamus too, like always predicting the plays ahead. I think the... I think the league said, hey, easy on that stuff. It's kind of taken away the drama when you're actually calling the play before it happens. I love it, though. I love it. Yeah, I, I don't think that's, that's a problem. That's all you ever wanted from a guy, fan. you know? I, yeah. I love, I love like, like when color guys in hockey games, you know, when they're, when they're breaking down breakdowns by a team defensively or showing, a, you know, or showing a offensively how they're I, – I love when they go, see here, this is a planned play, right. okay? It, it looks like it's not, but it is. Yada yada yada. I, I love that shit. I love that. And I, I, you know, I peaked, man, on the NFL when that guy came along. Yeah. You know, like like the you know the quarterback would step up, you know, under the center, and you go, "Here's what this play is going to be." I've fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, it's any other sport, Stevie. Any other sport. You know. Uh, you know. You 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 want to watch freestyle skiing? Right, they go like this. Here's what he's going to attempt. Right now, here, here, here's what he's doing. In fact, we have it in front of us. There's no, you know, and here, here's what they're going to do in tennis. He's going to try and serve this one by him. You know, it's like, yeah. You know and, what I mean? It's, yeah, I like it. I mean, I, I yeah. you know, people are saying the bloom off Tony. I don't feel that way about Tony Romo. I think, uh, you know, I was listening to him, and yeah, he talks a lot for sure, and he's certainly animated. But I like it when, particularly in the review of things. I don't necessarily need the predictions every time, but I don't. It doesn't bug me at all, and then most of the time I'm impressed by it. Right. What I like is he's almost always right with the penalties. I hate when there's a big play and they've thrown a flag, and you're like, okay, you, you want one team to win over the other, and you're dying. Like, what's happened here? The referees right. are nattering away, and Tony Romo will step up and confidently say, "Oh, that's going to be holding against the offense." Right. And it's like almost always right. So I appreciate that. That I don't have to wait around so long uh, mm-hmm. for the referees to sort things out. Anyway, Tom Brady, maybe he's off to the broadcast booth next. Hard to say. Uh, we're going to take a time out of the program. Let's when do that. we come back, we'll talk a little more NFL with uh, Sean Payton taking over as Denver Broncos head coach. But we're not going to really talk too much about that. We'll talk a little bit about it. But uh, he was on the suspendables not that long ago and had a great story about his days in Ottawa with the Rough Riders and being a massive, massive NHL fan. So we're going to play a clip from Sean Payton in the conversation you guys have with them on the suspendables and uh, much more coming up. Some hockey talk too after these words. With life moving so fast, don't you wish you could just freeze time? Well, that's what Jim K. Ford is doing for you because right now, when you custom order a new 2023 Ford F-150 from Jim K., you can lock in your factory order bonus of up to $3,500. And if there's a better incentive when you take delivery, you can choose that instead. It's that simple. Start your journey today at Jim K. Ford in Orleans or JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! Are you looking to sell your home? Maybe you're in the market to buy a home that better suits you and your family, or maybe you're keen on an investment property. Whatever the reason, the Glenn Walton real estate team can help. Glenn helped me sell a home a couple of years ago and provided a great painter, a cleaner, 
and even bought new ceiling lights for us, all to make sure our home was looking its best on picture day. It's all part of his services, too, and he can do the same for you. Visit glenwalton.com. So there is a new sheriff in Denver, and Bronco fans, James, are certainly hoping that Sean Payton can straighten things out there. Russell Wilson got paid a king's ransom to move to the Denver Broncos, and he had a terrible, terrible season. The coach there got fired, and the new man is Sean Payton, the longtime head coach of the New Orleans Saints. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the record that that guy has with various quarterbacks. I hope I still have it here. Um, I do not. But you go. You look at the uh, the records of Drew Brees under Sean Payton, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Jameis Winston, uh, what's his name? That tight end who comes in at quarterback once in a while. It would be Tyson Hill. They all have unbelievably good records. So that guy, you can you can you can argue up and down the talent level. Drew Brees obviously a Hall of Famer, but everybody else on that list, yeah, I would say Russell Wilson's quite a bit better than those guys. Right. So I feel like uh, you know maybe Sean Payton's going to be a quarterback whisperer for Russell Wilson. In Denver, and uh, certainly when we had him on the suspendables, what a great guy, too. Yeah, you know, it's funny, right? This story is at the same time as uh, Tom Brady announces his retirement because Sean Sean Payton had the great tenured, you know, deal as a, as a coach, right? Yep. Uh, he was good. He wins a Super Bowl, right? I think you said with New Orleans, right? He did, under, yep. Under uh, Drew. Uh, and he was, we had him, he was talking about retiring, or he said he didn't know what he wanted to do, but but I'm good, you know, I'm good yeah. with everything. Uh, but he's been in the booth. I saw him like, last week or the week before. Yeah, uh, he changed his avatar on Twitter to Fox. So it was a bit of a red herring because everybody's thinking, okay, maybe that, maybe he's not going back to coach. Maybe right. he's all in on the, on the whole football thing because he was in there with Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long and the guys. And you were thinking, okay, maybe he's the new guy because Jimmy Johnson on the end there, man, he looks like he's about 90 years old. So I was thinking maybe there's your coaching part of that panel moving forward but boom that was dead wrong he's now the head coach of the broncos yeah and there's there's two reasons steve why you look at it go well why would sean Payton? you know you stepped aside you on your own terms you know tom brady why why would you do anything but uh retire uh and there's there's two reasons stevie you know one is they're fiercely competitive Mm -hmm. so so that's in their blood right it's in their blood and saying okay i want i want to do this until you beat me into a pulp you know uh and brady's like that and all you gotta do is see brady on the sidelines once in a while right when they f- fuck up a play right he's like and and sean payton right he's he's been in trouble before when he i don't mean necessarily bad you know but but as a coach on the sideline uh and, and the other reason steve is the lifestyle mm-hmm. that they do step away you know and and then they go i can't handle this man you know i know nothing more than all Tom Brady did his whole life was play football, probably, you know. And Sean Payton, all he did his whole life was coach, you know, in his latter years. And, and his, you know, and the rest of it was playing and doing whatever else he did around football. And I think some of these guys step away, Stevie, and, and almost have a panic attack sometimes. <clears throat> you know, I know that from talking to a few guys who go, I couldn't, I couldn't hack it, you know. I, I want to go to the field every day. I want to go to the rink, uh, you know, and, and compete. Yep. and still do it or I don't like being at home very often you know and or the wives go 
go back to work. <laughs> I like Tom Brady, probably. Yeah, yeah, I don't want you around here all day, you know. So they got tons of dough. And so you say to yourself, why well, do it? Well, you know, that's the biggest indication when people say it's not about the money, right? And everyone goes, oh, yeah, really? Really? Then, then you know, you make $6 jillion a year. Well, when these guys come back, Steve, I don't think it's for the money. Right. You know, they got lots. They got lots, you know. Oh, um, no, no. Tom, Tom Brady, Sean Payton, you know, they, they've got so much money. It's not about that anymore. And that's, and when we ask, you know, why would Tom Brady want to come back at 45 years old, for example, because they right. possess a competitive fire that, that schlubs like us who watch the games just as spectators covered in potato chip crumbs, we can't fully appreciate. We all com- we all compete to a varying degree. If you're right. a sports fan, you love competition, but you don't love it the way these guys love it. It's part of them. Part of their DNA, and right. uh, I think Sean Payton is definitely in that category. And last summer, you guys had him on the Suspendables, and uh, great guy, and great to listen to him talking about his days as an Ottawa Rough Rider quarterback and a massive fan of the NHL, particularly the Broad Street Bullies when he was a kid. You ended up in Ottawa as a quarterback. What the freak? What? What's up with that? Yeah, so it was 1987. Um I was playing, 87 was the very first year that the U.S. had that arena football. And I, I was just out of college playing for uh, for the Chicago, I think the Bruisers. Um, and, you know, we played in the hockey rinks, the arena football. So a lot of times, you know, the, the field setup wasn't too different. You were obviously playing on turf instead of ice, but you had the boards and everything else. Um, but no, after our fourth game, I was the first player ever traded from the <laughs> arena football. Uh, so obviously, this this is all a build up to to the the point where somebody wise tells me get onto your career path in life. You're going to be a coach. But anyway, I'm still wanting to play. I got traded to the CFL, and we had honest to gosh, we we came off the flight. You can't make this up. We flew into Pittsburgh. We were playing at the Igloo. And, but we landed. We had a meeting at the Holiday Inn we were staying at. And they did a trade over the phone with the Rough Riders. Um, I was a backup that night. We flew back home with the WWE wrestlers that were on our plane together. <laughs> I packed up out of the hotel in Chicago. It was July 3rd. And then July 4th. Flew to Canada, Toronto first. I remember right. it was the Fourth of July. It was it was the the hottest summer I want to say Canada had in years. If you looked at eighty seven, okay. landed in Toronto, connected to Ottawa, and I was there probably a month and a half. Um, this is how naive I was. I'm going to keep going with this story real quick. So Joe Pow Pow, who's who had a fantastic oh, sure. career. Yeah. I, I think he's played for every team up there. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and coached. <laughs> then, then we had uh, oh Dylan. Todd Dylan was a, an American quarterback. And then um, Wickersham from, uh, was the guy that somebody, somebody got hurt. So I was up there as a backup. And there was a game where the quarterbacks didn't play too well. We lost. I forget who. And. Man, that next morning, my my hotel light, I was staying at a hotel, was was blinking, and I pick it up, and it was the GM left me a message. He wants to see me, and I thought, son of a gun, I'm going to start next week. Sure. Honestly, gosh. And 
was it Lansdowne Park or Lansdowne yeah, Stadium? Yeah, Lansdowne yeah. Park. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, got the ride over to Lansdowne Park, got there, went into the facility, and my locker had already been packed. And I got up there. <laughs> I got up there to see him, and 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 he cut me. Uh, and I'm I'm trying to think. There were two: Wayne Giordano and Fred Glick. One was the GM, one was the head coach. Sure, sure. And uh, yeah, I packed up, went back to the states, and then uh, still bounced around for another year playing um, over in Europe, and then finally got into coaching. So I was a rough rider, and honestly. I had no recollection. You just had to believe me prior to meeting <laughs> Rusty. And then Rusty found a picture that my kids never saw. No one's ever seen this picture. It's really the only proof that I was with the Ottawa Rough Riders. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so I got that picture uh, last month and, and, and got a kick out of it. So, <laughs> so you never threw a pass? Like, so I, if I'm listening to the story right, you, you were there for 48 hours. I threw a ton of practice passes. Yeah. Um, so picture this. You guys are, are hockey guys. I was on the fourth line. I was the fourth player on the fourth line. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of uh left right. left right out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we yeah. often have American guests on, you know, from other sports, and they're polite and they'll they'll try and they'll try and sort of fake their way through hockey knowledge. Okay, with us, right? They think it's Canada, I gotta know hockey knowledge. I want you to give your take uh, because we got a, a lot of listeners, a lot of guys our age who who love the old era of hockey. Tell me about your days in Philly. To this day, um, we talk a lot about the the significance of a of an NHL franchise winning a cup, maybe in a, in a not a place where there's been great hockey tradition. Like it flips it immediately in a city. Like we've seen that happen in Tampa now. Um, on and on and on places maybe that haven't had any history that immediately. And I, I was a part of that in Philadelphia. I was, I was seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old when the flyers won back-to-back Stanley cups. Um, and I can remember everything about that team. I, I gave you a le- the leech Clark Barber line, the LCB line. Perrant was the goaltender. Freddie Shiro, the late Freddie Shiro was the head coach. You had the Watson brothers. You had Ed Van Amp. You had, you had freaking uh, Rick McLeish was my guy, number 19, with the wrist shot. Reggie Leach had the slap shot. Don Seleski, Dave Schultz, um, Ed Van Emp. I never knew it, and it's changed now, but back then the ring sizes varied. You might build your team around the type of rink you were playing in, and I know the spectrum back then was a smaller, dumping four-check type team, but that was – that was, you know, I know they were the Broad Street Bullies, but that was bully hockey that you still can kind of see occasionally. And, and, but the ring sizes varied greatly. I knew when we went to certain places, it wasn't good, you know, when it was a big rink. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can recall, look, everything about that as a kid. Then we started playing street hockey and then we got the Milik sticks, you know, and the orange ball. And there. <laughs> and the only reason I'm right handed in everything I do in life except when I play hockey and I'm sure because the first stick I ever had was bent left it, you know, that was the only. And uh, so, yeah, uh, got into playing street hockey, then played some ice hockey, ice hockey uh, up until high school. And, um, 
And and as late as just a year ago, bought some Bowers and, and went skating up at Gazer. And these guys tried to prevent me from going out there and killing myself, but I, <laughs> but I did it anyway. So there's Sean Payton from the Suspendables, and that was a funny story about how he got traded <laughs> from the Arena Football League to the CFL. Like he said, I think I'm the first and only guy to be traded by the Arena League to the CFL. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, Russ said he's funny, man. Like, oh, no doubt. Um, you know he's he's kind of uh he's kind of slightly unfiltered there you know when he did did the interview and can you imagine sitting around the bar having a, a chat with these guys and they oh, trust yeah. you yeah you know with with what they're going to say so, yeah that's what you heard there two guys that were trusted by Sean Payton yeah. you know he's tight obviously with Russ from the Gauzer uh, experience both uh, both of them down there in their summers or in their off seasons and uh, and that's everyone's certainly- tight with Russ uh, Steve you'll come to know <laughs> shortly okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it filtered over to you as well, and he was really comfortable with you guys, so it was certainly a fun listen that you can check out. Yeah, and the, the Suspendables now, Stevie, dropped Thursdays. Okay, got, cool. Uh, my, my daughter's trying to fill your shoes. and uh, Nice. They're tough shoes to fill. Thank you. She's doing a great job, and so it's coming out Thursdays now. Very good. Um, also, wanted to talk a little NHL here. Uh, we mentioned Bobby Hall off the top. Uh, we did have a big trade. The first domino has fallen. The NHL trade deadline is about a month away, March the 3rd, mm-hmm. and the first domino falls in that Bo Horvat is now a New York Islander. This is the Vancouver Canucks captain. The Canucks are going to just, uh, I don't know, it feels like they're going to tear things down to the studs. I don't know, but we'll see. Rick Tockett's the man for that job, though, because he had the exp- same kind of experience in Arizona taking over a Coyotes team that, uh, well, they seem to in flames yeah. all the time. Are they going to get sold and all that? But uh Anyway, Horvat is a New York Islander, and it wasn't cheap though. The Islanders give up. Uh, let me just get the full. Uh, let me get the full deal before I. Uh, I don't want to forget anything in this whole process. Where did you go? Butch Goring. Yeah, you got Butch Goring. You yeah, got Yuha uh, Viding and yeah. Sheldon Kenegieser. Kelly Rudy. Yeah. The Canucks traded Horvat to the Islanders <laughs> for Anthony Beauvillier, very nice player. Atu Rati. And also a very nice player, um, young, and a protected first-round draft pick. And apparently, Rati is the key to the deal and that they're looking for young players who are ready to play in Vancouver. And so the uh, the first domino has fallen. It's a funny one for the Islanders to be giving up kind of futures like that to yep. bring in a guy who's 27, 28 years old. He's in the midst of a career year, by the way, well over a point a game with Vancouver. But to bring in a guy like that when, according to all the various you know, can you make the playoff type sites? They have mm-hmm. about a 20% chance of making the playoffs in the East right now on Long Island. So what are you making these go for it type rental trades when right. you're in that state? That's more of the deal that I would expect from, you know, one of the top clubs in the East. Well, maybe Stevie, what they did is didn't watch Bo Horvat so much with his time with Vancouver, Steve. But know. a lot of people forget. Stevie, know. is uh, don't forget his time with the Minnesota North Stars. Steve, how good he was, right? You know, those who like your North Stars gag like yeah. it a lot. Uh huh. Yeah, the it's the Alexander Keiths of hockey jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but those who don't like it, oh, yeah. they really don't like it. <laughs> and that's what keeps me going, Stevie. Not yeah. the ones who like it, baby. Go for a goal, North Stars. 
I'll tell you what is a great thing about having Rick Tockett with Vancouver, Steve, is as a head coach, mm-hmm. is how inside he's going to take you in these press conferences. <laughs> okay, how you're going to get an unbelievable, uh, outspoken, opinionated Rick Tockett to that team. Strap yeah. in, baby. Strap yeah. in. This is Rick Tockett after a six-one loss to the Seattle Kraken. It seemed like he had all the answers. Um. You know, I don't like to say the anxiety, but it, it, you just, I don't, I don't know what to say. I really don't. It's one of those, you know. Uh, that is all. <laughs> oh, man. I got to play that again. I got to play again? that again. Yeah, okay. All the nuggets he dropped there. <laughs> um, you know, I don't like to say the anxiety, but it, it, you just, I don't, I don't know what to say. I really don't. It's one of those. Okay, that's it. The guy's a buddy of mine, Steve. You know, okay, uh, uncle, uncle. There's a couple of English words in there and the trying to find his train of thought. I think it was yeah. one of those deals, obviously, because Rick Tockett is a really eloquent guy. You had him yeah. on the suspendables. You can hear that, by the way. Uh, go check that out. But he's also on NHL on TNT. So he's eloquent. He speaks from the heart. He's good. I think that was a case of every fiber after a 6-1 loss to Seattle, every fiber of Rick Tockett's being Wanted right. to tear his new team to shreds, and then he realized, wait, I'm only in my second game as head coach. It might be a little early for me to destroy my team. Yeah. So I think he was fighting two thoughts in there, and that's what came out. <laughs> well, they played some soft teams, like you told me off air. So, but he's still two and one. Yes, you no, know, yes. You, you you would hate losses to who was it? Chicago and Columbus. Uh, they beat Columbus. They beat Chicago, and then right. they lost to Seattle. Those are two bad teams they beat, but wins are wins if you're the Vancouver Canucks. I hate when and the Sens played Montreal twice in a row, like I said, and then people were saying things like, ooh, this is a trap game. What do you mean it's a trap game? It's generally what you say when you take on a, you know, a team that everybody expects you to beat. Who's right. expecting the Ottawa Senators to beat anybody? Right. So there's no trap game when you're a bad team yourself. Uh, we'll close it out with this, a famous name from our misspent TV sitcom youth passes away. As you know, James, I was raised by television, raised yes. by wolves who actually had televisions. I have no idea how they managed that. They didn't have electricity. They didn't have any money. Anyway, right. that, that's what I was raised by. A lot of TV in my youth. I think most people will remember this particular theme song. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Shlemiel, Shlemazo, Hassenbeffer Incorporated. We're going to do Yes, that would be Laverne and Shirley, one of the 8,000 spinoffs of the TV show Happy Days. Right. And uh, there's a number of years ago that um, Penny Marshall passed away, who played Laverne. It was four or five years ago. And uh, I guess it was on Monday of this week that Cindy Williams, who played Shirley, passed away at the age of 75. So, right. Sad news. I just, I don't know, it just feels like all these shows were like five seconds ago. Now you've got all these actors and actresses who are passing away of old age. It makes one feel a little on the long in the tooth side. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, today I I recorded that curling show, right? I do that inside curling with Kevin Martin. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've always told you, I know more about curling for a guy who's never thrown a rock. Right. But but it's a punch punch gut when I hear stories like that, right? She was 75, right? I'm going, oh, my God, man. Yeah. Uh, how old am I getting? And the and the other one was there was a great 
Glenn Howard, right? One of the great curlers uh, who's been to the Briar 72,000 times. And, and he did it for many years with a guy named Richard, or uh, yeah, with a guy named Richard Hart. Okay, who was Team Ontario. And we were talking to Mike McEwen, won, by the way, won the uh, Ontario Tankard. Uh, so he's off to the Briar. All these playdowns are happening. And I'm reading the names of the team, like Ryan Fry is a good guy. Brett, Brett Lang is a, on that team. Mike McEwen's the skip. And Joe Hart, I went, no, 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 don't tell me. Yeah, it'd be the son, Stevie, of all these, you know, oh, yeah. Glenn Howard and all these guys now retired. <laughs> they got grandchildren and their sons now are, are playing. Yeah, it's just like, okay, as you always say, Steve, I'll be lying down over in the corner here. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's going too fast. It's yeah. going by in the blink of an eye. Why, I mean, here covering the Ottawa Senators and Brady Kachuk is the team captain. And he's in his fourth or fifth season now. And I still remember his dad vividly. And I was well into my middle age when when Keith Kachuk was in the NHL, his well, dad. And so yes. here we are. Here we are. The yeah. wheel just keeps on. By spinning. the way, Stevie, a curling update by Jimmy. Nice. Yes. No, okay, no, no. Well, I'll, take cur- I'll take curling over billiards, by the way. By the way, it's funny you say that, Steve. Chris Wakeland wins the last tour stop on the World Snooker Tour uh, in the shootout. Uh, it's a little format, Steve, where you got to, yeah. And Chris Wakeland won that. And the when German Masters. When will I German learn? Masters, Steve, he starts this week. Nice. Snooker. And what's the curling news? Well, Richard uh, Richard Hart, by the way, is the coach of that team. Okay. That, that Mike McEwen won in Ontario. This show is... Mostly have Ontario listeners, Steve. Yes, I would say so. I would say okay. so. And uh, congrats to John Herdman. He's decided he's going to sp- stay put. I like that guy. I like listening that to that guy. guy. He's one of those, uh, you know, you guys, guys that talk, when he talks, there's so much passion and likability that you just want to run through a wall for the guy. Anyway, yeah. he, he was terrific for our ladies team, and he obviously pulled off miracles with our Canadian men's team. Now t- the talent's better than it's ever been. But we I've always went, thought went to the World Cup for the first time since the 80s. We didn't win a game, unfortunately, but just getting there was uh, the first step. And uh, John Herdman is decided to stay put because I guess there was a New Zealand report out there that Herdman had agreed to take over the All Whites. And Herdman and Canada Soccer put the fire out with a statement on Wednesday that he is returning to Canada Soccer. So that's Ain't good. happening. Yeah. If you watch him interview, look look up some of his interviews, Steve. I don't know how to put it. The only thing missing when Herdman does an interview is a little lounge chair, Stevie, a, a small tumbler of scotch and a cigar. Yes. You know, like that's, that, you know, like sitting around shooting the shit. Uh, yeah, he's great. He's yeah. great. He could be a good James Bond villain if he decided to, you know, put on a nasty expression and just all the James Bond villains, the first thing you say, those are so charming. <laughs> he's got a bit of that to him as well. He's evil, he of course. He's evil, but he's very charming. Yeah, he's very charming. You know. <laughs> I do say. Yeah. All right, let's call it quits there before my cats decide to eat my leg. They're they're keen for dinner here, and they're screaming their heads off. We'll call it quits there, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you being with us. Don't forget our website is stevewproject.com. Check that out anytime. We'd love your feedback as well about things we've talked about here on the program or any suggestions about things you'd like us to talk about on the program. Uh, less cats, wow. I think, would that wow. be maybe step one. Uh, so enjoy your week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being with us, James. We'll talk to you next time. Good night, everybody. We'll see you. Yes, I'm